Joshua Cribs turns disaster into a score! Ugly, misformed little creature who has no purpose here, no meaning. I am a human being. Washed it down with one beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a bloody Mary. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? Swung out and drilled, deep right center, away back, gone for Tony. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up. And now, Any Given Podcast with your hosts, Brendan Ward and Ethan Simpson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back on Into Any Given Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Brendan Ward, sitting right here with my main man, Ethan Simpson. How are you? And we're going to go ahead and get right on into it. Yes, I'm talking about the Any Given Podcast Fantasy Football League. Tough loss for me this weekend. Thought I could pull it off. I just needed a big night from Hunter Henry last night. It did not happen. He did score once, but just didn't quite get there for me. Yeah, um, on one of those strange nights, I have three or four players playing tonight on a Tuesday night game. So, uh I can't say anything. Um, no offense, Heidi. No offense, Heidi's dad. I hope he beat you, but I uh, do not know yet. Yeah, um, but but looking forward to this weekend. It is rivalry week in the truest sense. It is me versus you in, a, in what could be a season-saving matchup considering that we both might come off of the losses and are starting to head towards the back end of the league. We need, we both need this win this weekend. Yeah, um, a good thing that you said was might, might come off losses because I don't know yet. I don't know if I'm gonna lose after tonight. But you got Tannehill, Henry, and somebody else playing. No, no, no. I have, I have, uh, I have Josh Allen. Oh yeah, you have Josh. Well, Henry you'll... and I have uh, Stefan. You know, you know, Allen's gonna play. The thing is, is. Who's playing for Tennessee? Is Derrick Henry playing? Do we know? Uh, I hope. I I knew that he was ready to go on Sunday. That's what they said. I do not know if he's ready to go tonight. I think he is. Well, if he, he was ready be. to go Sunday, I imagine he is. I just, like, they didn't release the name of, names of the players that got tested positive, so I wasn't sure if maybe he was one of them. Uh, I'm not saying he is. And if, yeah, they're, if they were saying he was good to go Sunday, I'm sure he's not. So that helps you a lot. And, I mean, if Tannehill's <laughs> one of them, it's going to help you even more just simply because they're going to have to run the ball now. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't wish anything upon anybody, like, but I kind of hope he, had, he did test positive. I hope it was a false positive, but they didn't know it before game You time. just don't want Tannehill to play so they run the ball 100 times. Yes, I get it. Yes, that's I get it. Fact. You need that win this weekend. Uh, if you lose, you're 3-2. and two. Yeah. I already lost. I'm two and three now. So, so it's a struggle. Uh, definitely opposite of what the Browns are, right? Uh, completely opposite. Uh, if you want to get into the Browns, the Browns beat the Indianapolis Colts 
32 to 23, the Colts had the number one. Let's not use that lightly. They had the number one defense in all of the NFL, and the team came out, and what did they do? The defense looked spectacular. The offense, Baker in the fourth quarter, it was up in the air, but those three quarters before then, he went off. Here's the thing. So much has come out since that win, and it's only Tuesday. So it's only been two days, and all, I, all I've heard now is, why, why can't after a win, can we just give the Browns props? Why, why can't the Browns just get props? Uh, since they went against that number one defense, like you said, that everyone throughout the week last week said that, oh, what are the Browns going to do now? They're playing the number one defense in all of football. What are they going to do? 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 They, all of a sudden, they go and beat them 32 to 23, and then the rest of Sunday, all of Monday, and then early today, I got to hear, well, maybe that Colts defense really isn't that good. Maybe that, maybe that Colts defense uh, only looked that good because of the level of talent they played. Look, that Colts defense was destroying professional football teams. I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear about how the Browns offense went and put 32 points up on that Colts defense. I want to hear about how Baker Mayfield looked like a stud in that first half. Yes, he had a bad second half, but when you're winning 20 to 10, and then all of a sudden, two five plays into the third quarter, you got a 27 to 10 lead, despite the fact that you had that kickoff return immediately after. He's here to hand off the ball now. He's here to run the clock. Also, your most consistent pass catcher dropped two of the easiest catches he could have ever caught in his life. Jarvis Landry on third down. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was the one thing, like, watching the game, seeing Jarvis drop those balls, it, ooh, I, I got too loud. Uh, to the stray hands, thank you for having me and my friends over, and I apologize for being too loud. But, yeah, Jarvis Landry should have had the balls but let's talk about when Odell did the wildcat and tossed it to Odell, or to Jarvis Landry. He dropped that one too, didn't he? No, he no, he got it. Yeah, I missed that. I missed that play. Go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, no, it was the same. It was the same play, the same sweep that they've been running with Jarvis, but this time they did it with Odell. So if you think about it, the two quarterbacks in the AFC North with 100% quarterback ratings, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. That was fantastic. They did the sweeps. They did the good plays. They did the trick plays. They, they actually executed that game perfectly, and that's what they should have been doing, especially without having Nick Chubb. Yeah. The thing is, is I want for the Browns to have muffed up second halves. Yeah. I don't want them to start thinking, oh, let's run the score up, let's do this, let's do that. You get in a game, you get you get up on a team, you get out of that damn game with the win. Oh, absolutely. End of story. No matter how it happens. Look, for 20, it's it's they won four games in a row, and all of a sudden the last 20 years don't matter, And which is where my next topic comes in. Should Browns fans lay off of Baker Mayfield? For 20 years now, the Browns have had futile quarterbacks. Aside from a few here and there, Derek Anderson had a good year. Brian Hoyer had some good times here. But for 20 years, the Browns have had that guy that just couldn't make 
those easy plays, couldn't make the plays that Baker Mayfield is making. But all of a sudden, Baker Mayfield just isn't good enough because he doesn't look like Patrick Mahomes. Look, anybody that knows me, you know this. I decided to jump on the Brian Hoyer ship in 2014. Cleveland guy, born and raised. And you know what? I went down with that ship. I decided I hopped on the Baker Mayfield ship last year, and I'm going down on that ship. So, yes, let Baker Mayfield breathe, please, for once. Here's the thing. You got a quarterback. Like, yes, he isn't lighting up the world. He's doing what he needs to do to get the job done. You're sitting at 4-1 and one with right now projected a 78.6% chance at making the playoffs. Nearly an 80% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. Like, unless things go awry, you should make the playoffs. You win against Pittsburgh on Sunday? Where where are the losses? Baltimore again, maybe? Yeah. Uh, You're probably favored in ten, nine of the remaining ten games. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. You bringing up the Baltimore loss. The Baltimore loss, what do you expect? It's the, yeah, what, what one of the it's one of the top three best teams in the NFL right now, with without a doubt the best defense now this week after they destroyed Cincinnati. Well, yeah, that a coach that's been there for nearly ten years now compared to a coach that's been there six months and didn't have an off season. Yeah, what did you expect? Sure, I would have loved to see that offense score more that first week, but. You gotta take your you gotta take your licks to learn from them. And Tyron Lue said one thing: we don't we don't lose. We 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 get lessons. Yeah. We have wins and lessons, and and that's a good way to look at it. Um. Now there's 82 lessons in a in a in a basketball s- season, so you better learn more from that one lesson on week, in week one <laughs> when you got blown out by the Baltimore Ravens. But I 100% don't think that 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 score resembles what this team is or what they will be considering if you look back last year when we boat raced the Baltimore Ravens, were we that team? Oh, the, the first game against the Ravens? Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, I No, we were not that team. We yeah. had Freddie Stunat Kitchens as our, co- or as our uh, head coach. Yeah, he wasn't a coordinator. He was the head coach. Yeah, the, and so from what we went from game one to, what is that, game seven? When we play the Ravens, whenever you play the Ravens, they're coming into Cleveland. Last year, we beat the Ravens at home. We smacked them. We spanked them. They came back to Cleveland and beat us. So when they come back into First Energy Stadium, we're going to smack them. Because you know what? This team, this team and these players and the fans are sick and tired of people coming into First Energy Stadium and destroying us. Yeah, exactly. And... They're not going to take that game lightly. This team obviously has shown you that mentally they are 100% different than what they were last year. That team is going to be mentally ready and physically prepared for Baltimore to come to Cleveland later this year. I don't think it's week seven because I'm pretty sure that's – I know this is week six. We have the Steelers, and then we have uh, the Bengals, and then the Raiders, and then we have a bye week in week nine. They have a bye week in week nine. So it's a little later in the year, but – Yeah, it's uh, in December. Yeah, I was, yeah compl- it's a little, I was completely off. It's My a little apologies. later in the year, but it's still it's going to be cold. It's and they play in a cold weather city too, so it's it's not going to be like that's going to be a huge factor. But still, they're going to be physically and mentally ready for that game whenever it comes. But 
we need to be, they need to be ready for Sunday at 1 o'clock in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field against this undefeated Steelers team who looks like the Steelers of old, Big Ben. Although I will say that Big Ben is one elbow shot away from Mason Rudolph having to play opposite of Miles Garrett again. <laughs> oh, boy. And, yeah. and by all means, I am not advocating for another pop in the head with a helmet, but I'm sure just thinking about that might have Mason Rudolph shaking in his boots a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, here's the thing. Can we afford to have Miles Garrett be suspended? No. For, what was that, eight games last year? It ended up being eight games, but it was the remainder of the season, technically. Can we afford that? No. And that's another thing. Speaking of Browns fans always being on Baker's ass, why are they always on Miles' ass? Everybody's like, well, he isn't making any noise. And then instantly there's like two strip sacks. What, I mean, what idiot is saying he isn't making any noise? He's leading the league in sacks by like three. Yeah, uh, I, Browns fans. He, I, he nearly, Browns Twitter. He nearly has just as many strip sacks as everyone else in the league has sacks. Yeah. He almost leads the league in strip sacks compared to everyone else, just normal sacks. Like, and, and have you seen the guy as a specimen? Exactly. He's just, he is, it looks like he was made, I say this about LeBron, looks like he was made in a laboratory. Oh, 100% without a doubt. The thing is, is the guy is the front runner for defensive player of the year, without a doubt to me. Uh, other people, I've and, and I've even seen ESPN, Scott Van Pelt, they're all saying this about Miles Garrett. So what, what, what do you mean he's not making noise in a game? Yes, he's not. He's gonna be. He's gonna see double and triple teams, which is why Olivier Vernon's walking in the backfield, which is why Sheldon Richardson is walking in the backfield. Absolutely. And 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 it's it's kind of what's been going on in Dallas with Demarcus Lawrence, except for Miles Garrett is getting through those triple and double teams instead right. of just eating them on. He's taking them on and he's getting through them, and he's still doing. And he and he's look. The Browns defense is number one in takeaways all year, despite the fact that they give up tons of yards, they've got those takeaways, and they're timely. Yes, they didn't win, win the turnover battle on Sunday this week thanks to uh, two interceptions from Baker Mayfield, but still, they're, they're getting turnovers. What do they have, 12 total now or something like that in, yeah, in five yeah. games? The defense is, it isn't great, and it can, it can only get better. Jacob Phillips is starting to get back on the field. That'll help in the middle. Uh, hopefully he can try to like sneak back and help the safety a little bit. Uh, I'd like to see Ronnie Harrison on the field some more because he finally got some extended playing time. And look what he did for you, a pick six, a couple nice open field tackles, as well as Sheldrick Redline, who hasn't seen the field all year, seen it for like 14 times on Sunday. He also had an interception. Yeah. No, I I have nothing against this defense. Um, we are a little shaky in the secondary. I can say that. Um, Greedy Williams with the nerve injury to his shoulder – they just put him on the IR yesterday. Hopefully, hopefully he can get back because Greedy Williams, when he was on the field, was nasty. He was ruthless. Yeah, that, the, the Browns, if can, they can get Greedy Williams back on the field, have that the corners pretty much locked up. I, I, the corner isn't the problem, I really don't think. And uh, They're playing Mitchell right now in mm. place of him. He, he's, he's good enough to step up and play in that position considering he was the starter before Williams was here, and he started a lot of games last year with Williams missing, missing some time last year. My thing is, is can they hold up against that Steelers offense? 
Chase Claypool put in four touchdowns against the Eagles. Claypool, he looked fantastic. He looked unstoppable last week. I mean, what is with them in drafting wide receivers, man? Uh, I don't know, but I it's a love-hate. Speaking of drafting wide receivers, I want to see Isaiah McCoy go to an NFL team. But if he goes to the Steelers, I don't know if I can buy a Isaiah McCoy Steelers jersey. Yeah, no. I don't know if I can do that. You could probably wear any other jersey in the NFL besides the Steelers jersey. Right. Like, seriously, Isaiah McCoy, anywhere but the Steelers. I know you don't care where you're going. You just want to make it to the league. But I I don't think I could do it. I could do any other jersey. I could do a Ravens jersey. Yeah. I don't think I could do a Steelers jersey. Yeah, uh, the thing is, is uh, both those guys, McCoy and you've been saying crumb to the Cowboys. Crumb to the Cowboys I'll, or crumb uh, to the Falcons? I'll sit here and tell you that I think that a good team to look at Isaiah McCoy because they might get him in the second round, the Browns. Yes, I, I've always thought that, but what are we, where do we put – McCoy at? Do we take opposite Higgins of, out? Yeah, opposite of OBJ. Obviously, so we take Higgins out. Well, obviously he's not doing something right because if Kadero Hodge wasn't hurt, I don't think Rashard Higgins was playing this game either. Yeah, no, that is true. And then, but what about Peoples Jones? We'll see where he goes. But if if by the end of the year he's not the guy either, McCoy has the talent to be a top receiver in the NFL. McCoy. Kent State guy, Josh Cribbs, Kent State guy. They have that long history of the Browns. So it's 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 15 minutes away. Come check them out. It, they start 11-4. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, Dustin Crum, before that, but Dustin Crum, where do you think he would fit at if Dak Prescott cannot get back to where he was before? Because that was a – disgusting, brutal. Yeah, it's, the way his foot was, nobody's foot should look like that. It, and you could tell it's disgusting when ESPN and all of them are starting to blur out the picture. I Any, saw that, Anytime yeah. they show it. And it is very disgusting, and I never want to talk about the future of somebody who just got hurt. But the, uh, the Cowboys, I could see being a fit because even if they do bring back Dex Prescott, then they can experiment with just how good he is mm-hmm. while coming back from that injury and give – Crumb some time to develop because he might need that. Yeah, uh, He is going to be a fifth-year starter in college, but he might need some time in the NFL to develop. Atlanta is about to have to make some serious decisions. Julio Jones might not be a Falcon in a couple weeks. Matt Ryan may not be either. You know what would be perfect is if the Falcons drafted McCoy and Crumb. That's just a uh, fictionary world, but yeah, that would be perfect. A, and it, It'd be perfect to send them both to the same place. Uh, and you're talking about him to the Cowboys. The thing is, is I could see him fitting on that Cowboys roster. Th- then the only problem is, is they're going to have to make a decision on Michael Gallup. And I'm not sure they're going to be able to afford to pay Michael Gallup because he's just as good as Amari Cooper. Yeah. No, Gallup, he's a fantastic wide receiver. And, and if they pay Dak Prescott, they are not going to be able to afford Michael, Michael Gallup because there's going to be no money. That re- the receiver they're going to have to bring in on that outside, either they're going to have to make C.D. Lamb play outside or they're going to have to draft one and Isaiah McCoy can play outside. Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. Uh, for the viewers at home, if you haven't seen any uh, highlights of Isaiah McCoy, I highly recommend it. 
because he is nasty. I was going to use a uh, certain F word before I said nasty, but yeah, I am not right now. I'm actually a little upset I just caught on to those two last year. Cause, and, I, I, I mean, I hope we figure out something to be able to see them this year at some point, even if it's just a game they let us in or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, just to – but we'll see where that goes because I'd love to see them live. Oh, you yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, Trust me, it's it's electric yeah. seeing all those guys. Yeah, and I'm sure. Uh, but back to the Brown-Steelers game this Sunday. Can the line hold up enough well enough to give holes to Hunt Johnson and Hilliard without Wyatt Teller at that right guard position? See, that's a tough one because the game on Sunday, after he went down, it was it was looking a little rough. Yeah. It was looking rough for those guys. But I think if if you if Baker drops out to the left, you know, and does a pitch or he does an option. I know he's not known for options, but if he does pull off a uh, option, I think they would be fine. You just have to start getting creative. I think we're gonna they're they're gonna do a lot of uh, if they do run to the right, it's gonna be a lot of traps, a lot of pulling guards or maybe even pulling Treader. Okay. And, and having him lead the back through the right side because. I don't even know who they're going to put in at right guard. I can't think of his name right now. But uh, he's going to need help. Yeah. It's a drop-off. Wyatt Teller has been the best offensive lineman in all of football out of nowhere this year. So it's going to be a drop-off no matter what. So if you take your best player on the offensive line in in Joel Batonio and start pulling him to the right side and let Jedrick just drop down to that tackle and then just leave the defensive end on the left side open – hey, if you're fast enough to catch me, you're fast enough to catch me. The thing is, is I think they're going to do a lot of stuff to stay away from the right side because that's where uh, Mr. T.J. Watt's going to be. Yeah, that's what I <clears throat> I was just going to say. What if they put Hooper at tight end but leave him in there like a lineman? <clears throat> like a lineman. My apologies. Like a lineman, and he blocks T.J. Watt. Yeah, I, I, I imagine uh, they'll do a lot of two tight end personnel uh, this week. Uh just to kind of get Hooper to stay in and block while also sending Bryant and Joku out. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of tight end play this week. Uh, maybe even see some times where you see three tight ends on the field. Yeah. Uh, just because you're going to need that scapegoat to help block while also sending out two of your better pass catchers in Joku. And I, w- I shouldn't say better pass catchers because you have receivers. Yeah. You have the receivers you do, but Joku can't block. Uh, Harrison Bryant's young. Uh, we're still, to, still yet to see if he can. Right. But – a lot of two or three tight end personnel is going to be what's, I think, needed to allow success for the running game, and they can do it. Hooper's just going to be your big block guy, and it sucks, to, and fans are going to be pissed. Right, especially after the game that he had on yeah. Sunday. Fans are yeah. going to be pissed, but you're going to have to muck him up to, to win this game. Yeah, and, and what would you rather see? Him getting some, you know, five-yard, ten-yard catches, or him – Holding up the line. Him holding up the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Without it, I, I could care less if Hooper gets a, a catch. If, if they win that game and that offensive rushing attack looks the way it did two weeks ago against Dallas. Right. Uh, by all means, Hooper doesn't even need to go out. Just make him a second tackle on, the, on that right side. Yeah, and um, like we were talking about uh, holding up the line, we're going to need some help with Dearness. Dearness Johnson – 
fantastic running back, but he is no Nick Chubb. He's not big. He is not Kareem Hunt. He needs the help that he can get to open up those once, holes. Once he gets that hole, by all means, he's great. Yeah. But he's got to have – he's not running through that first tackle. Absolutely. And um, Hilliard, that's uh, same thing. They need the help. They need all the help they can get through the offensive line. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Hilliard, uh, I, his, his time, I think, will take a step back. It'll just be like if someone gets hurt and stuff like that. The reason he got as many touches as he did in that game against Dallas is because they really didn't want to run Kareem Hunt a lot because he was coming off that groin injury and stuff like that. And now that he's back, he'll, he'll probably see the ball 25, 30 times a game with Johnson seeing it about 10. Hillier, maybe one or two, maybe about five, I would say, uh, because he is a good out-of-the-backfield out pass catcher. But so is Johnson, and Johnson is a more lethal uh, runner. Yeah, um, that was one of the things, like uh, you just said. They kept putting Kareem in the slot like they did with Duke Johnson uh, in years past, many moons ago. Many moons ago. <laughs> but – why are you trying to run Kareem Hunt right up the middle? He is not a power back. He is a speed back. Why are you putting him right through the middle? You have to adjust to not having Nick Chubb. You have yeah. to run him out to the left, out to the right. Give it a week. They, they, they weren't ready to change their entire offense. Offensive attack, you'll start seeing a lot of outside zones and stuff like that to give Kareem Hunt that shot. Uh, I feel like Stefanski will start emulating a lot of what that Chiefs offense looked like with Kareem Hunt in the backfield uh, starting this week against Pittsburgh, 100% without a doubt. Uh, last thing we have is what is your final score prediction and a highlight you think will happen in the game? All right, so you guys know me. I do not do final score predictions. I do who's going to win and who's going to lose. Browns are going to win this. It's going to be close, but the Browns, We'll bring this out. I I hate to say it, but watch for a late-game Cody Parkey field goal. Late game? Uh, man, you kind of took my... Oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad, dude. I was going to say the Browns are going to be down late, and they're going to need... I was thinking a game-winning field goal from Cody Parkey. Uh, I, I was thinking more of it's a 20-21 uh, to 21 game. Okay. Cody Parkey missed an extra point early in the game. And to redeem himself, he wins a game-winning 52-yard field goal. There you go. Yeah, I like that. As a Browns fan, I like Browns that. Browns win 23-21. There we go. All right, you heard it here first. So, are you looking for a gift for any of your relatives or just an acquaintance, a friend? Look no further. We have you at KentStagePosters.com. That's KentStagePosters.com. Yes, you can find any of your favorite concerts here at the Kent Stage. That's KentStagePosters.com. Welcome on back to any given podcast. We're going to go ahead and get right on into the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the rest of the guys won their Record 17th NBA title that is tied with the Boston Celtics for most all-time. LeBron James does get his fourth championship with his third different team. 
Yeah, uh, Braun obviously is the GOAT. This, as everybody keeps saying, this obviously changes the, is Michael Jordan better than LeBron? Because Michael Jordan had those six rings. LeBron now has four, and it doesn't seem like he's slowing down yet. He's going to be the freight train he is and keep rolling probably into his mid-40s. Yeah, absolutely. Do you really think it's that it's it's impossible that LeBron wins two more championships? Absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'd, I'd love to think that they're the favorite going into next year, especially with the Clippers starting over with a new head coach and things like that. I get that personnel-wise, individual player-wise, uh, roster 1 through 13 like that. You might stack them up and think that the Clippers have the edge. Uh, and that is if you give a wash to – LeBron and Kawhi, and and say that they're even. You, you're gonna you're gonna think that Anthony Davis is better than Paul George, but going on down the line, the Clippers might have some better players. But even then, I'm not sure because the way Caruso played uh, in the in the playoffs, uh, I don't know. Patrick Beverly kind of disappeared in the playoffs. You might take Caruso over him. Kyle Kuzma is not the player I thought he was gonna be for this team. Uh, I thought. Kyle Kuzma would develop into that third superstar uh, because he looked like he could be his rookie year and never really, never really did that. But in terms of this series, it took everything to go wrong for the Lakers, for Miami to squeak out the two games that they did. Yeah, and it did, but also you can't take away from the fact that Paul George popped off. Or, you got me yeah. saying Paul George yeah. now. The Jimmy Buckets popped off. No, yeah, not taking anything away from Jimmy Buckets because he's had a finals unlike any other not seen before, not by someone not seen before other than LeBron James. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can't take anything away from Jimmy Butler. My thing is, is what I was saying is it took everything from Jimmy. It took a 40-point double, triple-double from Jimmy Butler for the Heat to win game five and not be eliminated in that game. Game three that they won, it took Anthony Davis being in foul trouble the entire game and playing like 15 minutes and only scoring 15 points for them to win that game. And those two games right there are probably the the only reason that Anthony Davis uh, won the didn't win Finals MVP. So, so where were we? Uh, we're talking about Jimmy buckets. All right, yeah, Jimmy buckets. Like it, it took everything for them to win those two games from him. Now, I, I truly think that Miami going forward is going to be the top uh, destination for each star. Uh, whether it be Giannis wanting to move on from Milwaukee or somebody else looking to leave uh, anywhere, really, Miami or the Lakers will probably be the number one spot for, for most people, looking, maybe even a star looking to go somewhere else. I don't know just exactly who's going to hit free agency just because of everything that's happened this year or when free agency will be. But I could see some, the Lakers wanting to add another piece, uh, maybe even lessen LeBron James' role on that team. Yeah. Uh, just to keep him healthy for longer and start living off of Anthony Davis uh, being their number one guy because he showed he could be more. Yeah, so um, speaking of the Greek freak, where do you think he ends up next season? Like you were saying, I don't think he's going to the Lakers. Uh, I don't think he might go to the Clippers. I don't know. Do you think he would be a good add-on to the Heat if the Heat want to continue 
what they're doing now? Uh, I think if they have options, it, it'd be putting him at the four. I think they like what Bam Adebayo is doing at the three, and they would want to keep him there. Uh, as far as far as their offense and stuff like that, that's what they want, right? They wanted Jimmy Butler to drive to the hole and kick out. Uh, Giannis could really, in Miami, become what LeBron was in Miami, a guy that's going to take everyone in the hole every single time and kick out to those assassins, which Miami has right now. They have Tyler Hero. They have Duncan Robinson. They have those guys who can just stand there and wait for the ball. And that's kind of the offense Folster was trying to play, was Jimmy Butler, you're going to go and try to get a foul every single time. But if there's a guy standing wide open on the outside, catch him, shoot him, get, give him the ball, let him shoot it, uh, and which is the right play to make because – that's who they're going to leave open, and especially if they add Giannis to that, uh, you have Jimmy Butler who could stand in the mid-range and, and wait for a ball, or you could have Giannis go to the hole, take the foul. The thing is, is then you have to start choosing who you want to play that role. Do you want Jimmy Butler, who is significantly better at the free throw, free throw line mm-hmm. than Giannis, to go ahead and do, do the driving, or do you want to take that chance with Giannis and take the chance that people are just going to foul Giannis and try to slow him down by sending him to the free throw line. And Giannis can hit free throws, but not at the clip that Jimmy Butler can. Yeah, well, like you said, trying to slow down the Greek freak. What happens if you add him and then everybody makes him their main focus and leaves Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero open? Well, well that's what, that's kind of what I was saying. Jim, if they do that, Jimmy Butler is going to have to develop a three-point shot. Because he, he's got an okay one, but he does not have a great one to be the second option on that team. That makes sense. That makes – actually, that makes complete sense. Because Giannis isn't going to be able to drive to the hole and then kick it back out to the elbow where Jimmy Butler is lethal from. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He, he's gonna If he's going to kick it out, it's going to have to be to somebody at the corner or someone at the wing. He's not going to be able to throw it backwards to, the el- to one of the elbows. He's going to have to kick it out to – a guy that's going to be a, a stripe from the three-point. And Jimmy Butler is just not that. So I don't know if Giannis fits on that team. What really scares me is Golden State has a lot of pieces to be able to trade Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Giannis is out because they don't spend this summer, because he told them, hey, you're spending this summer or I'm moving on. Uh, so if, if they don't want to spend this summer, Golden State has a lot of pieces to move Giannis to that team. And that's where he fits. So, speaking of him telling them if they don't spend this summer, I'm leaving. As a owner, hypothetically, say you're an owner of an NBA team, an MLB team, an NFL team. So, would you would you just instantly already just trade him after saying after making those kind of demands? Or would you try and pay him knowing very well that the next time that contract is up, he's going to expect more money and want you to pay even more? Because with me, this comes to the Francisco Lindor thing, where Lindor, he puts on this whole persona that he loves Cleveland, but then he's demanding all this money from the Indians. The thing is, is with Giannis, I think he would take less money if he spent it elsewhere. I think he's that kind of teammate. Uh, I don't think he's got the, the attitude that Lindor has that, yeah, I'm going to love this place, but also I'm only going to love this place if they pay me $400 million. Mm-hmm. I think Giannis would take a pay cut so they could play 
pay other people. So if they're willing to pay other people, yeah. I think the answer for Milwaukee, you take a look at another Cleveland franchise. You take a look at the poverty that the Cleveland Cavaliers were in, the two stints that they, they had without LeBron. And then you take a look at the two stints they had with LeBron. Mm-hmm. You take it the first stint where they wouldn't pay, and it, it ended up him leaving. And, yes, he did leave in a very crappy way and all that, and everyone was mad, and deservedly so. Uh, but you take a look at both stints. You take a look at the first stint where they didn't pay anybody, and they brought in a freaking 50-year-old Shaquille O'Neal, and that was their superstar. <laughs> they brought in. Yeah, th- those were the superstars <laughs> they brought in with LeBron. And then you take a look at the second stint with LeBron here, and they bring in guys like Kevin Love. They pay guys like Tristan Thompson and Kyrie Irving to keep the team together and make sure things happen. They bring in J.R. Smith. They bring in Iman Shumpert. And you put it all together and you make a team rather than giving LeBron a 50-year-old Shaq who can only make, only score eight points a game now at this, at this point in his career. Do you want Giannis to end the way LeBron did the first time in Cleveland? Or do you want Giannis to be here and, and give him the assets that Dan Gilbert finally gave him to win a championship in Cleveland? Because whether you think it or not, if, if Giannis could develop an outside shot, he is LeBron. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that was a great way to put it. I didn't even think about it that way. Between the first and second LeBron stints in Cleveland, that is fantastic. So I'm going to switch this over. Predictions on when the season starts next year for 2021. Okay, so I, I really think they would really they they would love to be able to have a, a December twenty fifth uh, opening day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they do not want to give up that Christmas day, uh, whether it, even if it is a Sunday and they got to compete with the NFL. Uh, I don't know what day Christmas is on this year. I don't look that 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 far ahead to Christmas, but I, I there's no way that I I think that and if they do. It's not far behind. It's got to be early January, you would think. They're, they're going to want to play all 82 games. They're going to want to get the season in by the end of June, early July, at the latest, because they're wanting to get back on that same schedule. They're wanting to reopen the following season in October when they normally do, when they start. LeBron, LeBron and the Lakers just won a title on a day that normally might have had a preseason game. Yeah, absolutely. And – um just to fact check you, fact check you, uh, Christmas is on a Friday. Okay, so yeah, you, why why wouldn't you want that marquee the, Friday at Friday when everybody's off? I mean, yeah, and the Christmas game for the NBA is the Thanksgiving game for the NFL. Yeah, NFL owns Thanksgiving, NBA owns Christmas, it's and just, baseball owns Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah. Each of them have their marquee holiday, and I really don't think they want to get away, get, get rid of it. And I would look to think that, that they might even sell it as their opening night. Uh, you put LeBron and the Lakers against the Clippers uh, at 8 p.m. that night. You, you Starting at noon, you put Brooklyn against Golden State because Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant will be back, and you should put Kevin Durant in a story game against the franchise, who was the worst, worst team in all of basketball this year without him, uh, and see what they could do because they're a very scary team once they're healthy and what they're going to do this year. Look for them to be at the top of the league again. So that opening, uh, I probably just gave you, whether, no matter when they start, those are probably your opening day games. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the one thing. Would you rather have Lakers-Clippers or Lakers-Heat? Because uh, normally they do the 
Christmas games with the two finals, the two people that or the two teams that played in the finals. Yeah, and, and and maybe that's what they do. But with with it, if they do do Christmas Day, it's probably going to be opening night. With that being said, uh, they like doing those opening night story games rather than the finals. And I think they would go, I think they would go Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Heat. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So the two, the two or the two. Uh, Conference the finals. two people who are going to come in next year is your favorites in the East. Yeah. Aside from Brooklyn, who the bigger story for them. Yeah, conference finals. It was Boston. That yeah. Was the Bo- Eastern conference Giannis, finals. Lo- they, they lost before they could get to yeah. Miami. I know. My apologies out there to any viewer that. Uh, but Miami knocked them out, right? Yeah, Miami's the one that knocked out the Bucks in five. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, so, Boston took on the Raptors. Yeah, so I think they would go Bucks, Heat, and then. The bigger story with the Nets isn't that they're competing now for tops in the East. I mm-hmm. think it would be Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant playing the Warriors for the first time since he left, uh, and especially the way it happened, the Achilles injury, the fact that they wanted to take care of him. It's not like a revenge game. It just it, the way marketing works. You know how marketing works. They'll sell it as <laughs> low, Kevin Durant. It'll probably be Kevin in, Durant comes home, quote yeah. unquote. So something like that, uh, and. They did it a lot when he was in Golden State against Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that's Oklahoma City's home, but Oklahoma City's not the story anymore. Right. Oklahoma City is now, it's now the Rockets versus the Thunder. Yeah. That would be the whole thing. Yeah, that would be a story. And, and honestly, if they go four games, that's probably the fourth game because it's in the West. Mm-hmm. You're probably In the West, you're probably having the two L.A. teams and then Rockets, Thunder, and in the East, you're having Heat Bucks, or Heat Bucks, and then I think you would do Nets Warriors, do like an interleague in interconference mm-hmm. thing. That would uh, make sense. That would make total sense. Yeah. But I'm not sure if they come back on Christmas. Uh, I would say early January at the latest, because they're gonna try to fit all 82 within that five month period to get those playoffs started in May, if not, early May, like they usually do, or late May, to get the finals ended. Uh, somewhere at the end of June, or if not that first week of July, hope maybe even trying to set up to where game seven would fall on. Uh, they probably wouldn't do that. They'd, they'd stay away from the fourth. Yeah, they would stay away from the fourth for sure, especially if baseball gets back to normal. They would stay. Yeah, they would stay. Yeah, there's, uh, there's only a few games that baseball loves covering. That's Mother's Day, Father's Day, and the fourth. Yeah, and I doubt they would try to mess with the fourth. That, and if it's a game seven of the NBA Finals, they're not going to want to compete with fireworks on the fourth. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, they're not going to. So so there's that. Uh, like I wrote on here, my theory, early January, try to fit all 82 in five months, uh, late June, early July finish. Uh, with that being said, LeBron James could win two titles within 10 months. Hey, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to do that. He is the GOAT. Uh, people that are at home listening might disagree with me, but come on. LeBron never retired to go play football. Yeah. He would he'd be a football player, not yeah, a baseball player. Yeah, he wouldn't play baseball. I get what you were saying. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I got, some I got what you were saying. But, uh, Hopefully they get it, too. Yes. Um, so going from that, we're going to switch, speaking of baseball, right into the ALCS and the NLCS. My Tampa Bay Rays are 
beating or leading the Houston Astros two to zip. Uh, Game three Tuesday night uh, after we recorded. So yeah, but I mean that's big for not only baseball fans but me. I've been a Rays fan since oh five oh six. So because my grandmother lives down there. Yeah. Shout out, Grandma. Love you. But uh, yeah. This is big. I was watching the game yesterday here, and instead of clapping, you know what I did? I banged on the trash can every time the Rays scored a run. The funny thing is, is you've been saying it a couple weeks now how you're a Rays fan. I think I finally found the one thing where we weren't just, like, right there with each other. You know what I'm saying? The Kent situation, we were the Kent house party or whatever, we were, mm-hmm. we were 10 feet apart. All the other stuff. Uh, I graduated 13, you graduated 14. All that stuff, uh, we finally made it a little mess. I think the Rays bring us together. I've always liked the Rays. Uh, just simply, be, I liked them back when Longoria was playing. Oh, Evan Longoria was my favorite player. Uh, I had Longoria's shirt, Tristan. You know, I modeled my baseball, how I played baseball. My batting stance, I played third base. I modeled everything after Longoria. And it was that, and it was like the colors. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, even even that hat they wore the other day, mm-hmm. I almost messaged you, like, I really want to buy that hat. Like, Yeah, uh, I mean, all around, like, look, so they so they drop Devil from their name, so they go back to the Rays, right? Yeah. They they change up their uniform. They used to wear, you know, like, the, uh, the vest yeah. and everything. But even their new, like, the Rays with, like, the long R. Yeah. And it's got the sunshine there. Fantastic. Why can't the Indians do that with the block C? Go back to the old school 70s C. They've got that powder blue uniform. That is just oh, to die for, bro. Dude, you don't got to tell me that. <laughs> I know. I, 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 a big reason why I like North Carolina football is that Carolina blue. Okay. And the big reason why, like, I always said that the Chargers were one of my favorite teams is because of that powder blue. Powder blue is oh, one of my powder f- blue. The Chargers? Yeah. You're talking LT, Phillip yeah. Rivers, oh, Antonio know. Gates. Yeah. Those guys? Yes, absolutely. Possibly the best uniform combo in all of NFL history is that powder blue and wh- powder blue Chargers blue jersey with the white pants. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes when they switch it up and they use the yellow pants. Yeah, the yellow pants do what orange pants do for the Browns yeah. with the brown uniforms. Oh, basically. absolutely. Uh, it just adds something to it. Uh, but my prediction for this is I, I really think the Rays are going to come out. I was unsure. The way the Astros played in that division series, I thought this was, this could be a nightmare for the Rays. But here they are leading two games to none, and it doesn't look like they're, they're letting up at all. Uh, now they're facing the bottom half of that Astros lineup that is already – or that Astros pitching rotation that is already without Verlander. Yeah. Uh, so – and they have, they have the pitching edge already – now that their lineup's hitting like they are, um, that uh, look for them to win that series. I'm I'm not gonna say that Houston won't steal a game. No, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna cut you off there because I think Houston's gonna do what the Heat did. They're gonna get one or two. Yeah. They're gonna steal one or two games. Look for it to be the next game, but Rays come out on top. Yeah, they play every day uh, from now until 10-17, which is uh, Saturday. And then over in the NLCS, Braves took game one 
over the Dodgers. Uh, we talked about that last week, how mm-hmm. that's really just uh, pitching versus that uh, Braves big line, that big bat Braves lineup mm-hmm. that's just been tearing people apart. And tonight's game two, Tuesday night's game two, Clayton Kershaw was scratched from his start. Uh, now Clayton Kershaw isn't the same pitcher he is in the regular season as he is in the postseason. We all know that. But still, to lose your number two guy in a game where you're going to go down 2 nothing to a lineup that has all the confidence in the world that they can score on you because they did in game one against your your number one guy mm-hmm. uh, at the, at this moment in time, uh, it's, it's a scary thing. And look for them. I think the Braves take game two. This one, I think, if the Braves take game two and sneak out game three is a sweep. Uh, now – I don't necessarily think that the Braves are going to win the series. Just it really did. Game two, I think, is going to be a big swinger for me Tuesday night. Uh, and unfortunately, this podcast isn't going to air until the day after. But just whoever wins that game two, look for them to win the series. Uh, first pitch happened about what? Uh, uh, like seven minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, so. Here's the thing with, like we were talking about, it's bats versus pitching, Dodgers versus Braves. With the Rays, with the Rays playing the way they have been and their defense has been on fire, would you rather put your defense up against the Braves' uh, offense or would you try to put your bats up against the Dodgers pitching? I, me personally, I would take the Braves offense, my defense against the Braves offense, than my bats against the Dodgers bats. Yeah, probably me too. The thing is, is the Dodgers over the Braves, the Dodgers are probably the best all-around team in the, in the playoffs left. Did I just say Dodgers bats? No, you said Dodgers. Okay, okay, cool. You, you, My bad. Yeah, you were all good. You threw me off for a you're, second You're all there. good. I'm just, I'm just wording it a little differently. So the Dodgers are probably all around the best team. Uh, the Rays probably have the best pitching left in baseball. Uh, the Braves probably have the best lineup left in baseball. But in terms of teams that are putting both of them together, it's the Dodgers that's the best team in baseball. So I think I would rather face a team that has defensive weaknesses because mm-hmm. I think that Rays lineup can keep up with with the Braves the Braves lineup. Yeah. So 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 far as their their pitching rotation halts that lineup a little bit, uh, and I and I'm not saying that that lineup can't keep up with the Dodgers. I'm just saying you have a better shot, you have a worse shot at beating that Dodgers pitching than you do that the Atlanta pitching. Yeah. No. Uh... That makes total sense. So, speaking on that, World Series predictions, go. Uh, I'm going to say the Rays come out of the American League, and that's just what I feel. Uh, like I said, whoever wins game two for me is going to take this. I'm actually going to say it's the Dodgers uh, just because of the all-around greatness of that team. There's a reason they were the best team in baseball this year. Uh, I, don't, I, I hate the idea of a big market team winning a title just because it, it seems bought. But they've also been cheated out twice. They were also cheated out twice in a row. Yeah. So if the Dodgers win the World Series, I can't be that upset because at least it's not the Houston Astros. 
Yeah, the asterisks, I, yeah, I can't stand them winning anything than winning the biggest punks of the MLB award with the runner-up being the Yankees. But I'm going to say um, it's going to be Rays-Dodgers, and I'm taking the Dodgers over the Rays just because in the uh, wild card, I said that the Indians were going to win it over the Yankees, so I'm not going to jinx myself again. So I'm just going to say the Dodgers are going to win it so I don't jinx my second-place Rays. I, I can understand what you're saying. My thing is is if, if the Yankees came out of that series over Tampa Bay, You'd have caught me in here with a Yankee hat on. No, just saying. I mean, you are a Cowboys fan, so I couldn't I mean, expect less from it, you. It would, it, would, it would definitely put the stereotype together, wouldn't it? No, I'm never going to root for the Yankees. But You could wear a LeBron jersey, Yankees hat, and, I mean, you already have the Cowboys tattoo on your calf. I could have wore, yeah, I could have wore that. I could have I just went with the Cowboys. I got a Cowboys beanie, and I could have wore, like, a Yankees shirt or something. No, you're not going to catch me in Yankees. Well, you got you to gotta do the whole... Uh, LeBron thing. Remember, LeBron he's always both? holding up. He's, yeah, he's, he's a Cowboys and Yankees fan. Yeah, I don't know how that ever happened. but uh, nah, yeah, It's I'm called never, being a front runner. Fan. I'm never going to root for the Yankees, and you can't call me a front runner because my team ain't won shit since I was born. Uh, <laughs> no, so, LeBron. LeBron yeah, was the front he, runner. He's seen, a little, he's seen Super Bowls when he was younger, but I ain't won nothing. Not, two playoff games my entire entire, entire life. So, so there's that. You're not – just, I'm just saying, I'm going to root for the Yankees. I would have rooted for the Yankees over the Astros just because I know they probably did it too back when they beat us uh, and when they beat the Indians in 17. But uh, I still, the Astros won the title, and it's a title they didn't deserve because, yeah, the Yankees did it to us, but the Astros did it right back to them. Uh, so I'm just done with the Astros still getting no sort of repercussions. I wanted to break my TV in half when Carlos Correa said, what are they going to say now? What are we going to say now? You were still banging on trash cans. You right. were still stealing signs. What are we going to say? Yeah, you're supposed to be a good team. That was the problem. You're a good team, and you were still doing this stuff. My, my favorite thing is everybody uh, that tweets out, like, yeah, baseball is hard when you don't know what pitches come in. Yes, because baseball is extremely hard. So I am going to end the baseball talk there and go to this day in sports history. Finally came up with something. October 14th is my man who was born in 1967. 67, not 7s. 7th birthday, Stephen Anthony Smith of ESPN. Uh, what can I say about the guy? He is an absolute clown. The, the goat. Not, not a bad type of clown. The like goat. he's a clown. Like he's funny. Like the goat. Yeah, he's the goat. He is the goat of ESPN. Besides Stephen A. or uh, SVP, but yes, he was born on this day in 1967 in Queens, New York. He is the fifth of six children. He has four older sisters and a younger brother who happened to pass away in 1992 and who spoke on that when he was speaking about mental health like we have been speaking on this podcast. We Everybody has their problems. They need to 
everybody needs to work on it and get through it. Um, that was not in a mean way. That was in a everybody. We all need to work it's together. Yeah, it's a it's battle. battle. You got to get. It's not easy to get through. Not saying just get over it. We're saying that was take, not what I meant. At yeah, all. that's what that's what I'm saying. You're not saying just get over it. We're saying take take the battle head on, and you can do it. So Stephen A. Print media, radio, television. He's uh, been acting as well. What else can I say about Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith? But happy birthday to the goat. I, uh, I would yeah. get into I yeah, would get could, into all could, this stuff, but it would it would take us another you, you, forty you minutes. You could go so much about Stephen A. I'll boil it down to if you don't understand why Stephen A. Smith is one of the highest paid people in all of sports broadcasting, just reevaluate what sports broadcasting is to you and you'll understand why Stephen A. Smith. Just think about it. There is a burner account on Twitter that is possibly <laughs> the best account on Twitter. Oh, that yeah. has something for every single sports situation there is. Just of Stephen A. Smith memes, pictures, uh, rants. Uh, do we have Do we have an audio that we can uh, play? Oh, I'm sure we'll put something in there, my man. Okay. I'm sure, we'll get something in there. We'll, we'll We'll just We'll put something that to us just proves why Stephen A. is just one of the best. While we call him the goat on this episode of talking about goats with LeBron James winning his title. Yeah. And the Browns going four and one. We're talking we're starting to talk about greatest of all times on this episode, episode twenty four of any given podcast. Do you have anything else for me today, Ethan? Uh you can follow me on Twitter at ETH Simpson C G O D on Instagram at ETH Simpson. And you can follow the podcast at You can follow the podcast at Podcast Given. You can follow us that's on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram at any given podcast, CLE, or no, no omit the CLE. Uh, Facebook.com slash any given podcast. Please do not forget to subscribe to the YouTube because, yes, Luke told us, and I did say describe last week. So, <laughs> subscribe. Sub, sub, so subscribe to the YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at BWardCLE. Follow me on Instagram, B.Ward52. If you want to really find me on Facebook, my name is Brennan Ward. It's on the sign behind me. You guys have my email, so. Uh, yeah, he said his email a couple hundred times. Uh, with that being said, you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Uh, God bless, stay blessed, and stay off the weed. Stay off the, the weed. weed. Stay off the damn weed. Mm-hmm. And they don't listen. Stupid.